Welcome to Building and Protecting Your Business Worth podcast. This podcast is about sharing strategies and ideas to help business owners build, protect, and transition their businesses for the future while creating more balance in their life. Your host is Thomas J. Perone, CLUCIC, and president of the New England Consulting Group of Guilford Incorporated, consulting business owners for over 50 years. Welcome to Building and Protecting Your Business Worth. Hi, I'm Tom Perone, and I'm your host. And this podcast is all about learning strategies to build your business, to create greater profit, but to create also an abundance of leisure time so you can enjoy what you're building. Today, we have a wonderful guest, and I would like to introduce to you Chris Salem, welcome to Building and Protecting Your Business Worth podcast. Chris, how are you? Thomas, it's a pleasure to be here. Doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing well, and I want to thank you for taking the time to share with us your wonderful book and some of your messages. And um, Chris, we know each other, but unfortunately, not everybody listening knows you. So I want to tell them a little bit about you. Um, and then you can go more into your bio, but I just want to say that I know I've gotten to know Chris over the last year and he's an executive coach, but he is really an authentic person. And, uh, for over four years has had a special passion for empowering and serving business leaders, entrepreneurs in various industries, sales, executives, coaches, authors, speakers, and others, um, taking their business really life to another level. Uh, I call it the ideal business life. Um, And for many years, Chris has been seeing people aspiring to make changes, to grow, but really struggling in many areas, you know, getting stagnant. What he does really good as a regular guy is he goes right to the, right to the source and helps people work out things successfully. And um, he's really quite a guy and he's got a great book out called The Master, Your Inner Critic. And I've read this book uh, twice now and I do want to go over with you, Chris, so that the audience knows all the good nuggets you have in there. Um, I might add, Chris, I know you've been featured on CBS, NBC, Fox, ABC. You're quite a star. Yeah, it's just a lay a lot of content over the years in terms of you know this area of overcoming limiting beliefs. So and how this impacts our performance and in uh, our jobs, our our businesses, and of course our personal lives. Well, you know if you you went on Chris's website, which I'll I'll put in the show notes uh, so uh, you can listen to the podcast. But there's a nice. A testimonial by Joel Sanders, MD. And he says, let me read it to you. I had never worked with a coach, a life coach before I met Chris Salem. Within the first couple of minutes of our conversation, I knew Chris understood exactly what I was looking for and how to provide a framework for me to move forward. That's, that is Chris Salem, as I know him. I like the way he really listens to me before he even spoke about himself and his program. Throughout our many weeks of working together, I found Chris to be friendly, inspirational, and always cheering me on. In short, Chris has a nicely structured program. He supports his clients by always keeping the end goal in mind. 
he helped me to find the root cause blocking my success. He encouraged me to do a daily contemplation exercise that helped me clear my mind while developing a clearer vision and where I was headed. He was always there for support and to get me back on track if needed. I look forward to continue working with Chris in the future. Joel Sanders, MD. Chris, uh, as a veteran 50 year uh, business owner and planner, I'm reading this and I'm saying, where were you in my first eight years of my professional life? <laughs> I, I could have, I, 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 yeah, I was probably, I was probably <laughs> too young at that point. <laughs> I, and I, I definitely was not in a good place. <laughs> well, you know, I just read that and it stuck out because if you're, if you're a business owner, which a lot of people listening, there are, there are some dark days and you can't talk to your wife. You don't want to burden them. They don't, you don't want to talk to your competition and slip your hand, right? So who do you talk to? So, so Chris, let's get into you now. Um, Chris, how did you get started in this? Because you have a deep background. Yeah, I, well, I mean, this goes way back to when I personally went through this transformation myself over almost 22 years ago. Uh, I had a life-changing event when my father was, uh, dying of lung cancer. He was at 56 at the time. And, you know, when I was growing up, I, my father wasn't really in my life at that much, you know, I mean, he was there, but not there. And, you know, so I grew up really with a lack of direction. Uh, you know, my limiting belief was the need for validation, constantly seeking out in other people. But it was that moment that when my dad, the day before he passed, like I had this epiphany with, it was like we were communicating to one another, but my dad couldn't speak. It was like, but he was speaking to me in a different way. And, and it just, it was the first time in my life that I realized that, that I had to take responsibility for my life, no matter what cards have been dealt to me in life or in business, it was up to me to decide what I do with it to move forward. Because I've been the victim, I've been you know using excuses. I was codependent, a perfectionist. I was an addict for twelve years, and all of these again were just because I was running away from my my role, my duty, and my responsibility to what was happening in my life and in my career. So as a result of that, this is what got me moving in this direction. And I I had this gift even when I was in my prior career of sales where people would just like feel comfortable opening up to me, being vulnerable, being transparent. Like they would tell me things that they would even tell their significant other. And I just had this gift. And, it, and as I moved out of my career into, into executive coaching, it was just a natural fit. And, 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 and I wouldn't be the coach I am today had I not gone through the struggle and the opposite of everything that I live by now. So I'm very grateful and appreciative of, of my first 30 years of my life that, that was not in a good place to become you know, different and better so I could be the example to inspire the people I work with that hire me as, a, as their advisor to guide them through their personal and their business uh, objectives. You know, uh, as I'm listening to what you're talking about, and again, having read this wonderful book of yours, there was a section in there uh, where you, you talk about be accountable, 
And all of a sudden, it sounds like in your life, you realize right then and there, hey, this is my responsibility, not anybody else. And the other thing is that you embrace change and you faced your fear. Wow, that's really, that's heavy. Yeah. Yeah. And you got to do it. And you, you're, are you a lawyer by education? What is that again? Uh, weren't you, weren't you a lawyer? No, no. My wife, my wife, it was a lawyer, but I am uh, my, my background was I, I spent most of my career in sales and running sales teams, but I, I did have a, un, a unique degree when I graduated from Arizona state university at the time I was a purchasing materials management major. There wasn't, a degree in that back in the late eighties. I mean, they're now a dime a dozen, but, but back then that wasn't the case. So my, I, I worked for three, four years for Sikorsky aircraft, uh, you know, prior to getting into sales. So, but yeah, sales was my, my profession prior to coaching. Working with people day in and day out. Yes. And so Chris, what would you say then would be the things that you did or discovered about yourself that, I mean, you're successful. You're very successful now. So there were some key elements in your in your travels here. One of the things that I learned that is really to really learn how to relate and understand other people. And because being in sales, I've been taught to respond. I've been taught to persuade someone to see, you know, your point of view or the the product or service that I was representing at the time to see that point of view, to convince somebody. And I, I just grew kind of weary of that. And over time that I found that, you know, people connect on shared values. People want something that is compelling to them. They want a reason. They want people want to buy. They don't want to be sold. And, and I kind of, I learned that early and, and, and somehow I had to battle that with some companies I represented because they didn't see it that way. They were looking for like, Hey, we got to sell them right away. We need, you know, and it was about the sale. It wasn't about people. It wasn't about relationships. And so these are the things that I learned. And I learned that as I was going through this transformation 22 years ago, I learned that you can only give what you have. And if I'm giving from an empty cup, am I really giving some, something of value? No. I'm, I'm really, it's just, I'm, it's codependent behavior. I'm probably just pleasing and enabling them. I'm not, I'm not inspiring them to do for themselves. I'm not being a resource. I'm not being the example. So I learned how to really fill my own cup so I could give more value and yet establish boundaries, knowing that I'm, you know, I'm not here to please and enable anyone. And, and it's always came from it being interdependent versus codependent. So learning to really relate and understand, be compelling to people, for them to pick up on why you do what you do versus what you do is really what resonated with me having great success in building you know, sustainable relationships, not transactional relationships that led to more business, more referrals, and so on. You know, you bring up a great point that I, I look back over the years, and you're right. 50 years ago, when I started my career, it was all about the companies, about the company and selling and selling and selling. And uh, and the people, the salespeople never built a relationship. They didn't know any better. And it's only through uh maturity you learn that, hey, wait a minute, this is this is this is ridiculous. You and when you start to understand the relationship that people like you know you and trust you, 
and you start to grow in other areas where you can share those added values. And all of a sudden you become a whole person. And you know, Chris, you've done that because again, we've had discussions. I, I look at your posts and what you're saying to so many people and it's not just one item or two items. It's, it's very, very um, across the board. And your book is, is is like that. So when you tell me that, I I can definitely identify what you're telling me and how you've transformed yourself from you know this myopic situation to a, a broader sense. So that's really great. And I, you know, it's something that I think anybody out there that's working uh, with people should understand. You need to know more than you really need to know, if that makes any sense. Um, yes. What do you believe makes success while some people struggle? Well, I believe it starts with the way you think and, and how you think impacts everything you do. So the reason why people struggle is because they're caught up in, in a fixed mindset, meaning that a fixed mindset is fear-based. It operates in the past and the future. So when you have a, an, a triggering event or a situation that creates fear, that in a fixed mindset will go to the past. It'll attach itself to a limiting belief or, or a few beliefs that, that, that were established during your ch- child development years. That gets projected into the future. That creates a level of anxiety. And during that time frame, that future, uh, uh, that future mindset's telling you in that moment that you're not capable of something. You can't handle this. Who do you think you are? Poster syndrome, that type of thing. And it convinces yourself that something that hasn't even happened has already happened. So this is where people self-sabotage because what they're doing is they're bringing in that mindset, they're bringing all these things that are affecting their level of confidence and self-esteem. That's going to impact how they communicate with themselves. This case from the inner critic, not the inner champion. This will impact you, how you communicate with other people that in a passive way, that way you please and enable others, which is codependent behavior. You will either then put high expectations onto others that could be aggressive behavior and, or you could be passive aggressive. So it impacts that negatively. It can also impact you making decisions. You're not, you don't make swift decisions. You don't take calculated risks to grow and you don't take action. Many times people will be busy, but not productive. That's just another form of procrastination. So these are the things that happen. And when you're in a fixed mindset, we struggle because we're, we're, we're so caught up in trying to control what we can't control. I, I, I can't control COVID. I can't control the economy. I can't control that company XYZ came out with a new patented product that could impact our business. It, whatever the case, we're always looking outside we, we, of the things we can't control rather than what we can control. When we can shift to a growth mindset in the moment, learning to be present and adopting a daily routine that will keep us in the present moment. Not that you're going to be in the present moment every second of the day, but for the most part, you're going to be, you know, you're going to, you could be there. Fear is reduced. Fear cannot reside or it's reduced in, in the, in the present moment. And it's in the present moment that we have over time, the ability through meditation and journaling to get to the root cause of our limiting beliefs. Mine was the need for validation, which is a codependent, uh, behavior led to codependent behavior and communication. And when I was able to eradicate that and replace it with healthier habits that became a, my new automatic pattern in my life, that dramatically impacted my self-confidence, my self-esteem, 
that improved my internal dialogue with myself from the, from the inner critic to the inner champion. That impacted my communication from one being passive aggressive to be assertive, meaning that I respected my role and duty in, in, the, in the equation as I well as I respected yours and other people involved, being assertive rather than passive aggressive. It allowed me to make swifter decisions, not to second guess myself, not to waffle with my decisions. Also to take calculated risks, meaning that you're going to win, you're going to, and then you never lose. You win and you learn. So sometimes it doesn't work out, but you learn. But if you don't take calculated risks, you don't grow. And then also to take action, to be laser focused in the moment on the priorities that really, truly matter, letting go of everything else. So you're not busy and not productive. So again, it's about trusting the process of controlling what you can in the moment letting go of everything else beyond your control and what you know, and letting the results be a byproduct of what you do within your control in the moment each and every day. The things that you can control will come into your control over time, like puzzle pieces being added to complete the puzzle. That's, that's a way of shifting your way of thinking. How you think will impact what you be, what you be, you know, so it impacts how you need to show up to be so that you can become that to do more and do it different to have better and more sustainable results. I know that was a mouthful, but that was, that's the, uh, that was the shift in thinking and how that impacted everything in my life and my career to do things better. No, it's a great explanation. And while you were telling me that I could remember uh, when I first started sales with uh, the insurance company in 1970, the manager would say to me, Perone, what are, what are your numbers going to look like next year? And I would say to them, I have no idea. I could tell you exactly what actions I'm going to take. The results will have to have to take care of themselves, but I know what path I'm taking. In other words, I can control my activity. <clears throat> Many times I can't control the result. Uh, and that's kind of what we're saying in life here. And, you know, you have a, a great, in, in, in step three, step into your fear. Chris, that's big. Step into your fear. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So when you think about it, you know, think about an Olympian athlete. You know, Olympian athletes are conditioned and trained to embrace pressure, to embrace challenges. Life is going to happen. Life can kick your butt. And if you allow it, it will continue to kick your butt. It's what we choose to adapt and learn from it is a different story. It's like our thoughts. We can't control our thoughts but we can control our reactions to them. We can control our emotions to them. So in stepping into your fear, what it means is that, that again, unless it's going to you know, kill you and you're going to jump off a cliff, okay, that's a, that's a fear between life and death. But if, it, if it's not going to harm you physically, then you have to embrace that pressure. You have to embrace the fear, embrace the challenge. It's because in the challenge is how we learn and grow. We don't learn and grow if we're not embracing a challenge. If everything were going great and smooth, we're not going to learn and grow. We're going to become complacent. This is how this is how winners win more because they they win from what they learn from the challenges they go through. So again, it's embracing that fear, stepping into it, so that we can become more to be or to be, or excuse me to be more to become more. And then to do more to have better results. And then when you can be a resource and, and an example for others to do the same in an interdependent way, 
we can then build winning teams. We can build winning organizations. We can build winning communities, winning societies overall. Does that happen overnight? No, it's a process and it's ongoing. It never ends. So again, we're all conditioned that I got to have it now, or I only want to do it for a short period of time and get the results I see. The reality of life and business, it's, it's ongoing. It never ends. It's a cycle. It's a process. You're going to have your ups and downs. It's how we go through them and get right back up. And, you know, and, and that's what's key. That's where how winners are made. It's, it's you know, you, you get knocked down, you get right back up. You don't allow it to keep you down. You learn and grow from it. And that's a, it's all the way you think, you know, shifting your way of thinking, you know, from a fix to a growth mindset in the moment, trusting the process, brace the challenge and keep moving ahead. Years ago, many years ago, I had a, a very uh, uh, critical thing in my life happening and I really lost my balance because I'm, I'm a very optimistic person. I, I see opportunities. And again, I learned that about taking responsibility. But one of the books that helped me out the most to get through this terrible part of my life was Susan Jeffers' Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. And as I was reading your book, I said, oh, my God, this is so this message of step into your fear, deal with it, because that's how you do grow. And that's how you give yourself just a little more confidence that the next step you make is going to be bigger. And and you're you're so on to that. And, um, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people don't don't do this and they don't. So they don't grow. They don't realize it. And sometimes you need stuff like that to grow. But um yeah, that's interesting. You have a, a, a program, or, or I think it's a program, How to Awake Your Better Self. I was interested if you would tell us about that, Chris. Well, again, it, you know, it's, it's a process. It, it's, you know, in order to really get in tune to who, who and why, what you do and who you are and what values represent you and not someone else, you'd be surprised that most people go through life living to someone else's values, something they've been led to believe growing up. And again, we're not talking religion or politics here. We're talking that you, you know, it's like, Hey, you know, I, this is the way to success. So because it worked for so-and-so or it worked for my dad, then that's what I got to do. But then you realize this is not who I am and you struggle and you fight and, and but you're afraid to change and afraid to look at who you are because again, of those limiting beliefs and what, you know, what you grew up with. So we have to unlearn to then, you know, replace it with, you know, again, you know, you, you know, place from limitless beliefs so that we can really get in tune with who you really are. What drives you? What are those values that define you? And to now be, to become, to do, to have those things that really represent your life and, and your, in your career. So that's the thing that you, you know, how you awaken your inner self, self-awareness. It starts with self-awareness. And, and to achieve self-mastery, you have to embrace this process. It's got to become part of your life every day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, and something that you will do to the day you leave this planet and wherever we go from there. So that's the thing. And, that, and the people who truly understand that are the people that are able to go through life, have success in their businesses, even through the ups and downs, and be able to create a legacy for, you know, the things that really matter in our world. So those are the people that I find that truly found, you know, the 
that process to really be beneficial. And again, we're all we can do is be the example and be resourceful for others to do the same. Nobody can do it for you. You know, it's interesting because look at we, you and I know so many people that are like-minded and I think the one thing we all have in common is we, we face some kind of challenge. It's not really a, 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 a fun to face. I think we're conditioned to look at the bright side and how to make it work for us, not to go into a depression mode because I find people in the depression mode like to stay there because it's an easier mode to be in and not to be to screw up the courage and face it anyways, you know, and it really, it is, does come down to mindset. You just have to learn how to be trained to get there because our knee jerk reaction is to go into that. Oh, I'm the victim mode type of thing. And you have a, a, a I guess what we call it the prospener training program. Yep. Um, that's, that's interesting. I don't know much about it, but can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, what a what a prospereur uh, what a prospereur program is is it's a way of life. You don't have to be an entrepreneur to be a prospereur. And what it means is it's 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 a it, this process is ongoing. It's it's the ability to align your wellness principle your wellness with your wealth principles. So again, it's there's no perfect there's no perfect alignment. This is harmony. You know, there, there's going to be a give or take. When we talk about wellness, there are eight pillars of wellness. There is social wellness, the relationship with yourself and other people. Is it codependent, independent, or interdependent? Interdependent being the most healthy out of all of them, meaning that that you love yourself unconditionally, not in a selfish or egotistical way or a narcissistic way, but in a way that you're able to give to yourself so you can give to others. It's, it's, it's helping people through you being the resource and being the example for them. That's interdependency. A codependent will go out of their way to please and enable others because they need something. They need to be validated. They, they need to fulfill their own hole that needs to be filled, you know, and by pleasing or doing something for you. And that doesn't help anyone. Next is emotional well-being. That's the second pillar of second pillar of wellness. Again, are we operating from our limiting or limitless beliefs? So making that shift from a fixed to a growth mindset, physical wellness, again, finding harmony in the way we take care of our bodies that, you know, allow us to get around and do the things that we do. So again, you know, nourishing it correctly, you know, exercising and so on, finding some moderation with that, Uh, uh, spiritual wellness. Now, this is oftentimes overlooked by a lot of people. A lot of people will have faith in their higher power, whatever that may be, but that's where they put all of their faith. They put no faith in themselves. See, we are all one, regardless of whatever religion you have, we are all one. We are not separate. We are one with the source. And with that being said, we have to believe in ourselves just like we believe in our faith. It's a two-way street. So we got to be able to find that harmony between ourselves, our, you know, each you and your, your, your higher power, whatever that means to you. Financial wellness. What is your dialogue with money? Many people come from a place of scarcity mindset, uh, not enough, uh, you know, again, because how they grew up, they're limiting beliefs to money. And this is why people are in debt or getting by or just struggling to make ends meet. It, again, they don't have that abundance uh, mindset. Again, so you have to undo to, to learn, you know, to, be, to think differently, to have that dialogue with money. Occupational wellness. It's not what we do, it's 
why we do what we do, getting in tune with what is the why behind what we do and really honoring that from our, the core values that represent us. Then there's intellectual wellness, how we stimulate our mindsets through trivia, through puzzles, through reading, not watching TV five, six hours a day. And I'm not saying that you, you can't watch TV, but again, you know, again, it's finding out what's really going to really serve your mind and, and keep you sharp, so to speak. Environmental wellness is the last one. That is uh, your environment, you know, your home, your workplace, your car, where we spend the most time. Is it one of clutter or is it one of organization? If it's cluttered, more than likely you, your mindset is cluttered. You're operating from a fixed mindset. If it's organized, it doesn't have to be ultra organized because that's not good either. But just, you know, things are in order. We have more structure. That means we have more clarity. With more clarity, we have more focus. With more focus, we have the ability to be decisive. When we're decisive, we can take action. So when we can find harmony and alignment with those eight pillars of wellness, then we can find how does that align with our wealth principles? Not only your, your net worth, but are we serving our purpose? Or are we just doing something because it, it, it's, it's a means to an end? Or are we really doing something that really matters to us at the soul level and at other people? It's our freedom, you know, our time, you know, valuing our time to do the things we love to do. It's, it's again, the ability to be, you know, to be who you are. So it's more than just your wealth and, you know, the money. It's again, be, you know, allowing yourself to serve your purpose. So when we can find that harmony with wealth, wellness and wealth, we can truly experience what prosperity is like to be a prospereur. I know that was, again, a, a lot of information, but. I wanted to be clear on that for everyone listening, so that way you can you can draw your own conclusion what that means to you. Well, no, it, there is a lot to it because it's it's not it, it can be simple, but it's not easy because you have to focus. But let me ask you this now: This is a program you would use with business owners and individuals, or is it one particular group of people? This would be, uh, you know, this could be for, I mean, anybody, you know, again, it, 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 when I do this with one-on-one -on -one with ex executive coaching clients, and I do this with organizations like uh, business units, it's always going to start at the individual level. And then, then it kind of like, it, you know, it's like a, like a domino effect. It kind of starts to snowball with other people over time. So again, it's a process. So a lot of times, again, we, we are conditioned that we got to get things done, you know, tomorrow, next week. Life doesn't work that way. They, you've heard the term Rome wasn't built in a day. So it's again, we got to If we want more sustainable results long term to build a legacy, we have to embrace a process. We can't, you know, take shortcuts and get to the end result and by, by, bypass the process. Because when people do that, the process will catch up to you. The things that you didn't do that were, were re, that have to you have to be done. Th th this is why some people sometimes you know go out of business or their relationships end, or they they lose 30, 40 pounds and then put it right back on again. So again, it, it's it's again it's it's a process. It's you know when you want to release weight, it's a lifestyle change. It's not a diet. Diets are ma only manage the problem. They don't. It's not a sustainable solution. So again, it's it's how we think differently, to be to be differently, to become differently, to then have things differently than we've had before. 
you know, um, as you're going through this um, training, Prosperner training, I couldn't help to think um, on a larger scale, uh, an organization like Trader Joe's. Now, well, we've all been to Trader Joe's. We love Trader Joe's. And my son happens to work for Trader Joe's in Texas. And I noticed the culture. And I cu- the culture is amazing. People love to work there. They love their jobs. And they shift jobs every two hours. And they learn to- they love to learn. And I couldn't help but think, I'm saying, the people that got this, this business going, this is must have been the way they think because you don't this is this is uh from top down thinking chris isn't it so in other words what i'm really saying to anybody who's listening who's got a business one of the value drivers of creating the uh the uh the future value of your company is to create a culture of the prospenor training uh, getting you to start thinking differently as the head person, it shifts down to everybody in the organization over time, right? Yes. And what a way to create a culture in a business that's sustainable that, you know, you walk in the door and everybody loves their job and they love being there and you understand every. This is a wonderful thing because com- companies like that, you, they stick out don't they? Costco's, Trader Joe's, all these bigger companies, but you could do that in your own own firm. And this seems to be a wonderful training course for people that are in business to to know now and not to learn later on in life through a tragedy or something, you know? Exactly. Again, you know, people go through the motions, sales trainings and HR trainings, and they're all great stuff. But if, 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 if you don't address the problem, which is at the individual level, it always comes back to people. And then, and then when, you address, when people are, can be responsible for their own roles and duties and work on themselves and then come together and then implement better processes, systems, and resources to help connect the dots, this is what builds winning organizations. And it's the organizations that refuse to change and to keep doing what they're doing, expecting different results, they're the ones that remain stagnant. They keep just going through the motions. Nothing ever changes. It's just, and then they get frustrated. They point the finger at others, and it leads to conflict. And then now you now you got to bring. Then you got to deal with conflict resolution. So, so these are the things that again that when you look at business, it's both a company and each individual to own their role. A lot of people just, you know, just assume that, oh, the company is responsible for all that. I don't, all I got to do is show up and, and collect a paycheck and just do the bare minimum. It doesn't work that way. We all got to bring, we all got to show up to be, to be, you know, to, to be our best self, not to be the best, but to be your best. It's a big difference. One is uh, being the best means you're trying to be perfect. That doesn't work. But if we're able to be your best, you know, to learn from mistakes, to, you know, to grow, to become more, that is more sustainable over time, you know, for each other to come together and do bigger and better things. Well, what's nice to know, Chris, is that people who want to reach out and want this positive way of looking at things and, you know, changing their life a little bit for the better, uh, there's programs available now. Like I said to you before, 50 years ago, there, there weren't any coaches around. So you had to find your way, read books and all that stuff. And so when I, as I read your book, as I look at your material, I'm saying, 
such a resource of grow of growth personally, because you can't have business growth unless you have personal growth. And and with that, Chris, you brought up um, there, there's something on your website that I started to read that I liked, and you talked about the four lessons to learn from failure. Can we talk a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah. I see one failure gives true meaning of success. I love that. I've, I've experienced it. Let's talk about it. Sure. Absolutely. So when you look at, you know, failure again, failure is not, it, it's not like it, failure is only when you stop, if you stop and quit something, okay, that, that can be definition of failure. See, failure is part of the process to, to success. Fail forward. The more you fail, not that you just go to strive to fail, but the more we fail, the more we learn to be successful. If you look at any success in something that you admire, if somebody in a business, somebody's personal life, the things that you know you may not see is that they failed many times before that happened. So failure is how we learn. We, we learn to grow from. And without failure, we can't learn to grow. So again, failure is not what you think it is. It just means that, okay, this didn't work. What did you learn? What can you do different that will move you ahead? And as you keep growing and growing, that's building character. That's raising your level of self-esteem. And again, going back and how you think differently, you don't take it personally. It's not like, you know, that, you know, the universe is against you or people are against you. It's just saying that, Hey, there's something that you have to learn to become more so that when the time is right, it, it's going to really matter. And you're going to be more grateful and appreciative of that, how things transpired by, again, just making sure that you own your role and responsibility in this and just keep moving forward. And that's and the that, whole thing. Yeah. And that's the part of accountability is to ask, okay, why didn't this work? And being accountable with, you know, the true thinking of why it didn't yes. work and make the change. Right. Yes. And that's key. You, you, you can't have the other ones unless you do this. It, absolutely. So again, don't, don't be afraid to fail. I mean, it, yes, it's not always pleasant, but again, it's not permanent. It, it, again, look at it, it, it when you say, oh my God, here's my first perceived failure. Put a check mark down, put the date and then go forward again. If you have another, if you have another setback, write that down. What date? Because when, when you do get the success, you could look back and say, wow, these were the two, these were the dates that I had these so-called failures. But if it wasn't, if I didn't have that one, then that one and this, that, and that one, I wouldn't be where I am today. And that's what you mean by keep, you keep track of your failures. It's not a, a public thing. It's, you know, no. you did. Yeah. You keep track. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can be transparent with a coach an advisor, a consultant, somebody you're working with. It doesn't mean you have to put that out to everybody in the world. But again, just, you know, keeping it, keeping you honest. I, I read a book uh, called Release. It's a very good book. And, and I did this about four years ago. Um, and the exercise was to go down uh, your life and think of those things that you were you looked at negatively that happened to you. You could have done it. It could have been an outside thing. And uh, the, anyways, the bottom line was I looked at my own four or five things in my life that I would have considered being a victim of 
And as I started to really think about it and be accountable, I really realized if these did not happen in my life, I wouldn't be exactly where I am today, which is a very happy life and successful life. And is I'll give you an example, and I only bring this up because your father died. My father died at 51. It's in my book. Sad as it, it me as it was, I looked at that and I felt I was a victim for about six months, not having a father at 21. Uh, but then I realized I had to make my own decisions and be totally responsible, Chris, just like you did. And think, in a way, I look at that in a perverse way, I guess. Wow, if that didn't happen, how long would it have took me to be accountable for myself, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a sad story in one way, but you know, when you say that and then you put it down like that, those are that's life, isn't it? It's life. I mean, again, we can't control, you know, when some it's somebody's time, it's somebody's time. You know, yes, it's sad and we didn't want our fa- our fathers to die, you know, at you know, in their prime. But it, it, it's, it just, it, these are the things that happen in life. We just have to learn and grow from it. It, it, it. You know, it's not that it's easy, but, but we always have the choice what we, what we decide to do with it. And, and again, the people that decide to, to find the good, to find what's positive, to find what they can learn are the ones that build a more sustainable, successful life. And again, it doesn't, you know, that whatever that means to you, it doesn't mean how much money you have or how many material things you have. That's, that's, you know, there's much more to this. Like it's who you become. It's, you know, the, the feeling that you wake up every day, you feel energized. You feel like you're serving your purpose. You value your time. You're able to do the things you enjoy. Again, whatever that means to you. You know, um, the, the two other things that I saw here was failure is a signal that leads to change. And that's being aware that, okay, I got to look at it a little differently and not take it personally. And the other one was, it's only permanent when you quit. I love that one, Chris. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you never give up because once you give up, you lost. It was failure, pure failure, right? Exactly. That would be failure to me is when you quit. Now, and here's another thing too, Thomas, I would say that, you know, there are some times where maybe you have to put something to the side or you have to let it go. It just, it's not meant to be. It's not, doesn't mean you've quit. You're just pivoting to something else that maybe that that's going to be where you need to be. Now, I'm not saying that you go chase, chase rainbows and shiny objects, because there's a lot of that out there. And that's not, you know, I don't believe that's the answer. But sometimes some things may not meant, be meant to be, but you learn from that. And how do you apply that to something else that you could say, there, this is what it is. And there you go. And so, you know, be able to adapt, I would say, is key here. And, you know, it's like people that are have lost their jobs and some of them can't find jobs during during this time of COVID. You know, this could be an opportunity that for, now you're being forced into entrepreneurship. But it might be the greatest gift that was ever given to you because you you may not even know it yet, but you you've been cut out to be an entrepreneur all along. But you've been denying yourself because you've been led to believe that that you know you need to clock in nine to five every day of your life. So again, you'd be amazed that sometimes when life throws curveballs at you, something you know again, it's not happening to you; it's happening for you. And there's a reason you get to decide how you go about taking the positive in that and making it into something even better for you, your family, and others. 
Chris, on your website, you have, um, we don't have time to go through it, but I'm going to tell my listeners to go up there. You have something called How to Awaken Your Better Self, and I loved it. And you went down 11, uh, kind of 11 things to, to um, that'll happen uh, when you awaken your better self. For an example, you'll cultivate more patience. Um, you won't take anything personally. You'll eat healthy. You just make things. You'll read books. You'll you'll expand. I thought that was just wonderful, uh, a wonderful outline of the, all the benefits by just kind of making a little changes in your life. Um, Chris, we're running out of time here, but uh, wow, there's so much stuff we covered today, Chris, huh? Yeah, no, these were great, great insights, or great questions and insights from your end, Thomas. And you know, I'm I'm here to be the be the resource and example, and share and allow people to decide what that means to them. Well, Chris, you're the real deal, and I would say that anybody's in business. They should probably have a one-to-one talk with Chris to know more about how he can help you because I really believe, and again, I'm saying this for 50 years of experience, that uh, the more you know, the sooner, the better, not the later. And it'll, it'll, it'll affect everything in your life and your life will really be very, very much better, I guess, if that's a way of saying it. And Chris, I'm going to put all the contact information that I have on you in the, in the um, story notes and the podcast notes. And um, is there anything, Chris, that you would like to add before we leave? I always like to leave uh, a quote uh, that I came up with a little while ago that I really had a big impact in my life and many people that I've worked with. It's give without expectation and receive without resistance. And what that means is that when we you give without expectation, you give value, but you do it from a place of empathy and kindness, from you know being the example, being resourceful, don't go, not from pleasing and enabling, but give without expectation. And when it comes back from somewhere else, you receive without resistance. You'd be shocked that many people deny things that come back to them. Oh, I didn't do anything. You don't have to do that for me. You be, but yet you don't know what you did four months ago when you helped someone and now it's coming back to you and now you're denying it. So prosperity is all about, you know, giving without expectation, receiving without resistance, no matter if it's a compliment, if it's money, if it's a job offer, it's a new business opportunity. It's what it can be, whatever that is that you receive without resistance and keep that cycle going and being you know and having that energy rub off on other people so i always like to leave that with that well you know i'm just going to add to that uh over the years when we are out to dinner and let's say that's a young waiter or waitress you probably a college town my wife always says to me you always talk to them and ask them questions and i said yeah here's why because you never know what encouraging statement you're going to make to somebody that's going to make them rethink where they're going and have an impact. And I truly do believe that people walk through your life for a reason. And I look at it, they walk through my life for a positive note, not a negative note. So all I'm going to say is I know a lot of executive coaches and Chris Salem is like right up there. He is a very talented 
young guy and with a lot of experience. And um, Chris, all I can say is I really appreciate you taking the time and giving us all this information. Thank you very much. Thomas, thank you so much for having me. It's been a wonderful time and you're a great interviewer. Thank you, Chris. I would also add that uh, you should pick up Chris's book, Master Your Inner Critic. And I'm sure you can get that on his website. But also Chris has a number of programs that you should check out on his website. And again, special thanks for Chris Salem for helping us out today and participating. Well, I want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening. It was a good show today. And uh, if you would help us out by subscribing, click a like. Uh, if you have any ideas or thoughts that you would like to share with us, please email me at tperone, that's P-E-R-R-O-N-E, at N-E-C-G-G-I-N-C dot com. And if you are a business owner or you know business owners that would like to participate on our show, certainly let me know. We certainly welcome everyone who is a business owner to help people out there that are running businesses with great ideas and strategies to make them successful. So again, thanks for tuning in. I certainly appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in. Whenever you're ready to grow and protect your business while creating more balance in your life, here are three steps you can take. One, subscribe to this podcast. To request a free copy of Tom's newly published book, Unlocking Your Business DNA, email Tom at tperone at necgginc.com. And on the subject line, type DNA. Include your mailing address. And thirdly, take the one-minute scorecard and report to see how efficient you are in your business planning. Email tperone at necgginc.com and request scorecard. For additional information, click the show notes.